the last reading is not, um, it's not narrative, it's not the story of uh, Jesus coming, it's not the shepherd, it's not the wise men, it's not any of that, but it is, I think, the most important Christmas passage because it explains who this baby is really well. This is John 1, uh, verses 1 to 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And here's the key verse. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Never trust anyone with an overly simplistic formula for a very complicated thing, unless it happens to be a granny with a recipe. Then they know what they're talking about. A recipe is just a fancy formula. Follow that formula. They know what they're doing. But otherwise, if somebody tells you, here's a formula for some complicated thing, they're a charlatan. They're trying to con you into something. But that being said, I have a formula for success for you. Not worldly success, not success as the world understands it, but rather success in the, in the sense of meaning and purpose and fulfillment. The formula goes like this. Despite blank, I know blank because blank. And I know that's a super in-depth formula. Let me explain. In this formula, the first blank is always something about this fallen, broken world. Something about being human. And we all know that to be human is tough. The second blank is one of the words hanging up on the banners around us, one of the words of Advent, hope, peace, joy, love. And the last word you would think is always Jesus, but it's not. It is, however, something from Jesus, a gift from Jesus, uh, one of his many good gifts, which may actually just be Jesus himself. Now, the risk with a formula is that formulas become formulaic. They become rigid and cold and lifeless. Not this formula, though. This formula is infused with success, and again, success in the biblical sense. And it's been known uh, and celebrated and practiced for thousands of years. It's simple, probably too simplistic, but there is a power in the simplicity of Advent. It's a beautiful, time-tested formula. And in fact, time is an important factor in this formula. Uh, Let's plug each one of these words into the formula. So the first is hope. Despite blank, something that you're going through right now, whatever suffering or struggle or hardship you're encountering, despite blank, I know hope 
because. But because is tricky. Hope looks to the future. Hope is an anticipatory thing. It looks forward to something. Um, so our hope in, in the story of Christmas, the thing we look forward to is that Emmanuel will arrive. Which is kind of funny because 2,000 years ago he already, he already arrived. But we still, for the four weeks of Advent, we talk about Emmanuel will come to us, even though he's already here. And that's because that's still true. Emmanuel will come again. He will return. He will bring with him justice and purpose and rightness. We have things to look forward to. Uh, Those of us who are faithful have a future even beyond the grave, something to look forward to beyond this life. So there's hope looking ahead. Peace is a little different. Peace looks to the past. We can have peace now because we can look back and see what God has done for us and we can know, no, we're in good hands. So in the Christmas story, we know that Emmanuel has already come. We celebrate that he will come again. But we also say, no, he, he has come. That, that work is accomplished. He has won that victory. And that victory is peace with God, peace with ourselves, and peace with each other. Jesus has achieved that. And we can look back and see what Jesus has done and have peace now, despite whatever, whatever the thing is that is your despite. Then there's joy. If hope looks to the future and peace looks to the past, where does joy look? Right here. Joy looks to the present. Whenever, I mentioned, whenever people saw the baby Jesus, that was their response, rejoicing. And to rejoice is just to be so filled with joy that it bubbles over and you can't help but shout things out that you maybe normally wouldn't shout out, words of praise. Um, And so joy looks, despite what's going on around us, joy looks right here and says, no, despite this garbage, despite whatever mess, whatever pain, God is with me now. He has come, he will come, and he is here. And because he is here, we have reason to rejoice. And the last is love. If hope looks forward, peace looks backwards, joy looks right here. I think love is timeless. Uh, Timeless and eternal. Uh, The simplest formula in all of Christianity, the thing that we base everything on as Christians is this formula. God equals love. That God is love. That he has always been loving. He's always been filled with love. He's always showing that love. And he will fulfill that love at some point in the future. The greatest demonstration of love he ever displayed is found in the passage that we just read, John 1.14. He was so filled with love that he became like us and came to us, taught us what love was like, demonstrated love repeatedly, and then loved us so much that he actually died. But because he was so filled with God's love, he didn't stay dead. He conquered death. The greatest act of love that God ever demonstrated was sending his son to us filled with grace and truth. He established through his son a kingdom because he's a conquering king. He he came in humility, but he left in power. And because he's a conquering king, he established a kingdom that is timeless in both quality, as in there's a timeless nature to it. It will never go out of style. The kingdom of God is always fresh, always beautiful, always new. So it has a, a timeless quality, but it also has a timeless quantity. We believe that it won't ever end, that it will go on and on forever a kingdom that we are invited to be a part of. And that's the last part of the formula, I think. The formula is incomplete without one significant factor. For you science nerds, the dependent variable. And the 
dependent variable is you, us, humankind. Hope and peace and joy and love are his gift to us, and Christmas is a celebration of the fact that Jesus Christ himself is the greatest of all gifts. But the gift is incomplete if nobody's there to accept it. We are an important part of the formula. He is our future hope. His past acts of sacrifice and victory bring us peace. He fills us with a present joy now, and his endless eternal love beckons us to a timeless existence in the presence of his glory. A glory that began humbly in a feeding trough witnessed by angels and shepherds, some sheep and chickens and donkeys, and uh, two very relieved and exhausted young Jewish people who had never, ever expected to be part of God's saving formula. You might be feeling the same way as Mary and Joseph, not just relieved and exhausted that Christmas is almost over, although there is some of that, but you might be feeling the same as Mary and Joseph in the sense of grateful and fulfilled. Because whatever you are facing, the God of your past and your present and your future knows whatever your despite is. Whatever your struggle is, he knows it. And he wants to gift you in the midst of it with hope and peace, joy and love. So as we conclude, let's come and adore him. Come, let us adore him. Let's step into this beautiful formula, this Christmas and beyond, and experience life in its fullest. God, thank you for the light of your love to us. Thank you for the light of your hope and peace and joy. Um, Thank you for each person who's here today. And I pray that as we leave this place, we leave filled with your presence, with your life, with your light. Um, Help us to, to know your presence no matter whatever mess we're going through and to take it to a weary world around us. Thank you for this holy night, Father, and for tomorrow's holy morning. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Grab a candy cane on your way out, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone.